What's going on, regulars? Welcome back on another Thursday. It's Katie. Well, and your boy, Bobby. What's going on, Caitlin? I really don't have a lot to, to share this week. I've yeah. been super boring lately. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about it earlier, and I was like, yeah, what do you want to talk about in the intro today? And she was like, uh, honestly, like, I'm bored. Boring. I'm a boring person. So I was like, um, I'm not going to say anything. I was like, okay, fair I've been, enough. I've been trying to realign my, my goals and my health and wellness. Honestly, this sounds so lame, but... Bars are opening up uh, till to till one slash two a.m. next week, so I bartended inside, and I've been bartending until midnight for almost a year now. So I've started working out, like not for my summer bod, to try and get my energy levels back up to bartend till two a.m. Yeah, so. yeah, you're gonna struggle. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna yeah, be tough. Yeah, um, but yeah, uh, this week's intro, I'm actually just going to pass it right over to Bobby because I think we have some important information that we'd like to share with you guys. So Bobby, take it away. Thank you, Caitlin. As most of you know, if you've listened to episodes, I believe it's nine and 10. Um, I had a really, really good friend of mine, Scott, on the show. And uh, this past weekend while I was down in Florida visiting Scott, actually, Scott suffered from a pretty tragic accident um, and has a pretty serious condition right now with his uh you know with hitting his head and it's not it wasn't looking good he's doing great now but um he needs some help and unfortunately you know these circumstances came up and everybody's been rallying together Uh, there is a gofundme page um that is to help scott with his medical bills um he's currently in the trauma unit down in um down in florida he's doing like i said he's doing great he's going to be fine but He's got a long road ahead of him and we just need, you know, Scott loves everybody. If you guys don't know Scott, go listen to those episodes that he's on. You can't, it's impossible not to like him. I mean, Caitlin, you've met Scott. And he's super fucking hot. I'm just going to say like, (laughs) he's a daddy for sure. So if anything, like just help a daddy, help a daddy out. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But no, he's really, really sweet. Um, He's, he's a, a, a nice boy. He is. He's just such a good, he cares more about other people than he cares about himself. And like, him giving all that up for his entire life, almost 30 years, it's time for us to step up to the plate and and help him, you know, for once. So um, there's a GoFundMe page. Um, We'll link it in the description and everything else. It's on my personal page as well, too. The link's Uh, actually in our Instagram bio as well. If you go to at a regular podcast on Instagram, we have a link to our link tree, which you can listen to the podcast there, but also the link to the GoFundMe is right on top there as well. Yeah. So please, even if it's a dollar, go donate. Or even if, I mean, I think you can even just write a comment in there, you know, so just go, you know, do something, you know what I mean? It helps a lot. Or and just say a prayer if that's all you can do too, or, or send some good thoughts, whatever you believe in. Yeah. Um, Scott's been really supportive of both of us. I haven't known him that long and I feel like I know him really well and I have only spoken to him like twice, maybe. Yeah. So. We went to the tavern once and, yeah. just, and just had some, actually he went to the tavern by himself while i was at work he was like i'm just he calls the tavern home base by the way that's the bar the bar that i work at by the way guys yes so yeah so he calls tavern home base and i remember when i was at work the one day that he was up visiting he was like i'm just heading to home base and i was like what are you talking about (laughs) he's like i'm at the tavern i'm getting buffalo chicken dip i'll I'll see you after work and i was just like okay like whatever always plug lansdale taverns buffalo chicken dip it rules (laughs) absolutely absolutely but um but yeah so guys please anything you can do to help that would be absolutely killer all right, so we have a guest with us this week, and I I have to say I love that we talk about t- topics that are a little bit taboo and, and sometimes struggles, so I hate saying, like, I'm so excited to talk about this this week, but I am 
Because I think, again, it's something that we really, our generation, especially at this age, under 30, really doesn't get into a whole lot. Yeah, because a lot of people find it um, embarrassing. And there's so many other, what is it, adjectives that you would yeah. describe this. I mean, we'll leave that to her, um, to, <laughs> to her to describe it. Um, but this week, we have a guest on. Her name is Brittany. Um, I've known Brittany since seventh grade, I believe. So it's, but I haven't seen her probably since high school. So it's really cool that she reached out and said, Hey, if you ever needed someone to talk about this, I was like, actually, that was on our list of things that we wanted to talk about. And then one thing led to another and we have Brittany here. So I would like to welcome Brittany. How are you doing, sweetheart? Hi, everyone. How are you? I've never had a bad day in my life. I'm actually not hungover on a on a morning when I didn't have to work today, so that's huge well, that's for me. Good. I know, <laughs> um, but yeah. So, Brittany, before we get into everything, we're gonna learn a little bit about you. But we do want to just say that we're here to talk about divorce today. Yep, so we are. Thank you for opening up about that. Uh, but before we get into it, tell us about yourself a little bit. All right. So I am. I just turned thirty in January. Um, I'm a mom. I have a five year old, a little girl. Um, I work in human resources. Um, and like Bobby said, uh, we went to North Penn together. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. I am divorced, which is what the topic of our <laughs> conversation will be. Um, so we're pretty much kind of gearing this toward being divorced before the age of 30, awesome. um, which is not typically talked about. It's one of those sour topics I feel like no one really wants to talk about. It's you know embarrassing um, and that we're kind of here to touch light on. Well, thank you. I, we appreciate that. So I guess... Um, Bobby and I really don't know a whole lot about your story. Um, I told you before we started recording, I did stalk you a little bit on Facebook like maybe two or three years ago um, and, and saw that you were no longer married. So mm -hmm. I guess let's just get into it. You got How old were you when you got married? Um, so I will start with – so we first actually started dating. I was in 2010. Uh, I was 19. He oh was, my gosh, He was wow. 25. Um, so any 19 year old dating somebody who's 25, it's like, whoa, this is great, right? That's what you think anyway. <laughs> he could buy you booze. That's, yeah. that's what I always think of right, <laughs> right. Away. Yes, I have a plug now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's kind of where it started. Um, and then I will say by the time I was 21, I was engaged. Oh, wow. Um, so, so that was you dated him through college then? So I was, yes, okay. I went to Monco um, and then I chose, because I was dating him, I did choose to not go away to college. I did, uh, I went to Monco and then I went to Penn State Abington. Um, so I just commuted. Okay. So that was kind of my, because I was with him, mm. you know, my life was, that's where my life was. So that's what I chose. Um, but yeah, by the time I was 21, we were engaged. And then by the time I was 23, we were married. Wow. Um, Bing, bang, boom. One, to, <laughs> one thing to another. I can't, I'm just thinking of where I was when I was 23. I was like still a club rat, like living in Philly with like no furniture in my apartment. We had like a shag rug and that was it. Dude, I'm trying to think of like where I was at 23. I can't remember because I was probably drunk the whole time. So <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was just drinking and boozing, having a good time. Oh, so I was actually still in college. I graduated, I walked on my 24th birthday. So well, I was getting drunk and filling on a shag rug. Bobby was graduating college. You were a wife. Yeah. Was. What was What was that like? crazy um but i will say i was never the party type even throughout high school that just wasn't me i was always more of a homebody mm -hmm. um and i i always wanted to get married and have a family that's just you know what i always strived for um so yeah so that was probably i could say what i wanted in life 
You're also very. I remember being you very family oriented, yes. like even younger, because I you had a couple of like parties, quote unquote, like just I people did. coming over, yeah, uh-huh. or whatever. And I've been to, I went to a couple because she actually, I don't know if you know this, Caitlin. She lives like right behind my parents' house. I think mm-hmm. I know that. I think okay, <laughs> this is a story I just remembered as we're talking about this. I think I smoked my first cigarette with you. Possibly I, at a mutual <laughs> friend's house. I remember you being like, "Don't inhale it all the way." Oh, like, so is it like weed or is it? I mean, not that I've done that either. Just like you know, yeah. hypothetically speaking, from, from what I've heard. But um, but yeah, like, like we're not. She's like, I'm not a party girl, but like we've partied with you. Yeah. <laughs> what I've seen from your family from the outside looking in. Now I'm sure every family's got their struggles, but from the outside looking in, like you have that white picket fence family. I mean, you have beautiful house, like beautiful family, she's beautiful, beautiful yeah. yeah, absolutely. Oh, thank you. Yeah, like. You, like it's it's set up for you but honestly you know this is what we're here to talk about in the sense that like although you have all this beautiful you know exterior. settings yeah exterior mm-hmm. that you had to go through mm-hmm. something pretty hard so jumping from 19 years old to married at 23 like what what was that um you know to me that was it wasn't difficult i will say because that's what i wanted um i was perfectly i like personally i like being with somebody mm-hmm. um, me too. i, I like I like that one-on-one. I don't want to jump around to different people. That's just me. I like that one person and I like to be committed. Um, So I feel like that's where I was at. So being married to me was, that was what I was striving for. Okay. So how, how far into your marriage, you, you have a child together, correct? Mm -hmm. Correct. So how old were you when you had your daughter? I was 25. Okay. And at that point, what were things like in your marriage? Were you starting to see it fall apart? Like what was, where were you at at that point? Um, so let's backtrack just a tad bit here real quick. Um, so basically we were married at uh, 23 and I can say, so when we were first married within three months of our marriage, um, we were getting life insurance, um, because that's what people should do. If you don't have life insurance as a married couple, I suggest you get it. Um, if something happens to your spouse, you know, you should definitely be taken care of. Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that was one of our first goals. We had a house together. Um, so we were getting life insurance and we had this woman who's a nurse came to our house to do all the the blood work and whatnot that was needed for the life insurance. And this woman kept was kind of caught me off guard. And she literally kept asking questions about my husband. And I was like, hmm, this is interesting. And my husband was acting really weird when this woman was there. And I was like, this is so odd. So he left for work then. And she's like, oh, like, you know, how long have you been married? Like, you know, where does he work? And I'm like, okay. I'm like, this is weird. So she finally finished up and she left. Later that day, she texted me. And this is just a nurse coming from one of those, I don't know if it was LabCorp or something. She texted me, which Mm -hmm. is so unprofessional. But she texted me that she knew who my husband was and that he was on a dating website. (gasps) And she had connected with him and she met up with him. And so this is just three months into Ooh. being married. Oh, my God. After my parents just paid for our expensive wedding. I have chills all over my whole body. Oh, yes. my God. So this is literally – and, you know, the divorce was not because of any kind of infidelity, I will say. I was willing to stick through those things. Which is what I hear a lot. Um, and um, I think they were more emotional as opposed to physical. I don't – truthfully, I don't know till today – I don't think he physically did anything from what I've gathered. I think it was more of the emotional, the more of the attention through, you know, your phone. Which is which is funny because we have actually talked about that on Mm -hmm. other episodes where, you know, which is worse? Is it physical Uh, or or emotional? Because for me, like what I said on those other episodes, I'd rather 
if you're gonna cheat or whatever, just go just go bang another dude. Like honestly, mm-hmm. because then it's like you know what the excuse there of like oh well I just got drunk and made a mistake like okay or like whatever but like the emotional attachment to me is like oh wow you really just don't like me yeah or like <laughs> you know I'm I mean? not giving you something that it's a you sh- need yeah, yeah it's like a shot right yeah. to my ego you know yeah. so how did you respond to that so basically after she texted me saying she knows him she actually even sent me his um, profile from Plenty of Fish um, it was not his picture it was not his name but all the information inside of it was. 100% him. And I knew that when she sent it to me. So he was catfishing people then? Pretty much. There's so much to unpack here. <laughs> wow. wow. Yeah. Also, girl power. Good for her. I mean, like, shout out to her for and initially, reaching out to you. Correct. And initially, I will say, I reached, then of course, I was at work. And oh. I called my husband and I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, this woman just sent me this profile and I sent it to him. I said, the, the, you know, the lady who's here, the nurse, I said, she texted me that you're talking to her, that you met up with her. Um, so I was like so lost. And I will say my ex-husband is completely a manipulator. He is a pathological liar. He's very good at it. I wish I could be half as good as he was at telling a lie. Oh, man. So um, you believed whatever he of said, course, I'm guessing. Absolutely. He was very good at it. And I, I couldn't tell you exactly what he said to make me believe it. Um, but he was very good at lying. And, and so he lied right to my face. Oh, and love is so blind. I feel like when you're when you're in love with someone, they could tell you that the sky is green. By the end of the conversation, if you're that in, in mm-hmm. it, you're like, okay, I, I can see why, well, how you think that. And especially, too, like the whole the whole um, purpose of this topic is at a young age, you're also young and dumb. Like, Correct. I'm sorry Absolutely. when you're, you know, I'm sorry anyone I, we've said it. I think I've said it before. Anyone like under the age of like 26, I just mm-hmm. I struggle to say that you're an intelligent person because it's just it's hard i'm still not intelligent but you know it's intelligent but i think you're just inexperienced you know you think you feel like i know what i'm talking about and i believe what i'm saying and then you look at it years later you're like whoa Uh, i was an idiot you're like whoa that was really dumb of me like (laughs) i have that time hop app and i like go back and i'm like so cringy i'm like jesus you said that you dumbass like (laughs) what is wrong with you but no yeah so like being young and i mean not only is he a master manipulator but you're young and dumb. You're you're, and you're easily right. manipulated. And you're, I'm yeah. in love. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was just married like three months into a marriage. And you're like, this can't be happening. Like, really? So was this the first of many occurrences? This was the first. Okay. Um, so basically that happened. And then I literally, um, at that point, basically let it go. I'm, I, I believed him, like I said. Oh. So we moved Ooh. on. We continued with the marriage as anybody would. I mean, I wasn't going to go tell my parents, you know. Three months into my my marriage, this is what happened. Like, did you confide in anybody at all? I did. I think I actually did kind of tell them, but I told them the story that he gave me, which was full of shit, basically. Ugh. But um, did you tell any, like, your girlfriends or anything? Like, hey, this... I did like, not. I was embarrassed. Whew. Well, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to keep my mouth shut. I'd be like, Wagner, <laughs> help. You I know told my mean? coworkers, um, which who, be, they weren't, you know, necessarily your best friends, but they were work friends are different. Work friends are different. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I tell I told them everything. And you can I can say from just being in a bad relationship in the past, it's tough with your friends and your especially your family. It's like you want you need support. You don't want to go through this alone, but you know everything that you tell people, they're gonna keep it in their back pocket and, and you want them to like who you're with. If Correct. you guys decide that you're gonna get move past it and move forward, like that's easier for you because you love this person. They don't love this person. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for them 
to forget. It's, yeah, and it's it's a hard line to teeter. Yeah, and and basically the bullshit story that he gave me was that this was a woman who he knew from the past, um, and she was threatening him. And this this is the story he gave Ugh. me. So he had to make this big profile to go on and to to try and get her back and to tell her to leave him alone. And it, it was a BS story. That that it, was from what I remember anyway. Isn't it funny how like when you go back to think about it, you're like, that doesn't even make any sense. Yes. How did I believe that? But you I can. Know, but I can. But be, when you're in the moment, yeah, yeah, everything. I've done that before too. Oh, too many stories about how I'm like. <laughs> How the hell did I get away with saying that? It doesn't make any sense. But then you're just like, okay, it works. So like, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. insane. So what what happened after that? So yeah. he you caught him. He lied to you. What was mm-hmm. the next step? We moved on um, after that, I will say. And I will say one thing about our relationship. Um, we were We were great partners, per se, aside from what has happened after this. We were financially stable. We loved to do the same things. Like there were so many positives that I felt like I was kind of I was willing to move on. I was willing to say, you know what, let's put it aside, let's continue our our life. Um, so, and you would never typically think that our road would have led where it went, um, which you'll I'll tell you now. <laughs> um, so basically, after that incident, we ended up being pregnant then, um, and I did wait a year. I tried having the typical white fence scenario where you. You date, and then you get married, and then you wait a year, and then you have a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, so you think everything's going in the right direction. So I get pregnant. And I got pregnant quickly, which was great. Um, there was no problems there. And I was pregnant with my daughter. I want to say I was five months pregnant. And that was when the next incident happened. Oh, fuck. I knew it was coming. I knew I uh, as, as soon as you started I, going down that road, I'm like, damn it. Yeah. Here we go. I think I'm going to have chills but like bad chills throughout this whole episode so carry on yeah so when so in the whole midst of this he was i wouldn't say at this point he was a raging alcoholic not at all he he liked to drink okay he would drink every day in this whole story of things even when we were engaged another plot twist yes okay so i forgot to mention so he did like to drink okay i'm not a drinker so to me but it was what it you know whatever and he liked vodka just per se that was his choice of drink and um so when I was pregnant, he basically got drunk one night, which he would on ev- pretty much every night, and he passed out on the couch downstairs. And I went downstairs probably at like one in the morning and went through his phone. I'll be honest. Ooh. So what prompted you to go through his phone, can I ask? I think from the first incidents, the trust was was pretty much lost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so I felt like I always kind of What is the time frame? The yeah, what is the time frame from three months? To mm-hmm. the next time, and you got over that to you picking up his phone. What about was a year? It? About a year. Okay. Yeah, because I was 23 when we were married and three months in, and then I was pregnant at 24 with my daughter. Okay. So, all right. So, you're about a year. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you go through his phone. I um, do. Unfortunately, I, th- I think at that point in a relationship, you do lose a lot of trust when somebody does that to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never wanted to be that way. That's not how any relationship should be, mm-hmm. uh, but it turned into that quickly. Okay. So, what did you find? So, I'm, I'm nervous, actually. <laughs> Hold on. Let me sit back. <laughs> so when I went through his phone, I literally unlocked it and opened it. And right there was a dating website again. And the ad was, it was an ad. It was on Plenty of Fish. This was always his choice. And the ad was that he was looking for a fling. And it was, it needed, he was leaving the state by February, which is when my daughter was due. Oh. oh my god. 
That is. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. All right. So did he actually plan to leave us there? He was that was no, like that a metaphor was, that, for like the baby. It was his story. It was his oh, storyline that he was god. going with because he knew my daughter was was due in February. Because you know what it was. You know what it is. Once once the baby was born, he was either going maybe to change change quote unquote or he, for whatever he finds in the meantime, it's an easy out. Mm-hmm. It's an easy like okay, well I'm disappearing even though he's still around. It's easy to tell like say that you and I were like I'm him and you. I met Caitlin off of Plenty of Fish. I can tell Caitlin, oh, well, I'm leaving in February. So then when February rolls around, the precedent's been set that I'm gone. Oh and then God. it's just easy to be like, see you later. You know he was I mean? a master manipulator. Yep. Honestly, wow. I'll tip my cap to him. That's pretty genius. I, I think he's an asshole. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but it's it's pretty genius. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, okay, so- Most guys would just cheat, you know, and then just figure it out later. You know what I mean? Most guys would just do what they do and then, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Fly by the seat of their pants, you know what I mean? But no, that was fuck. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So here I am, like I think it was five or six months pregnant oh when I found God. this. Oh, it was awful. Did you beat the shit out of him? Like what'd well, you he do? Was, he he was he's a drunk also. So this is the other part of it. Like, yes, when I I, I will come up freaking out, but he was he was drunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's many times I wanted to beat the shit out of him. But you're pregnant but, too, so you want to yeah, like, be careful. Oh mm-hmm. wow. So what happens next? <laughs> so at, at that point, um, you know, I, we did obviously move. Unfortunately, things started to be rocky there. I will say that was when things really started to be uneasy. Um, you know, at that point, I was pregnant. I, I had to continue moving forward. And that's what I was doing. I could not tell you what his bullshit story was at that time because I don't remember. Probably for the best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we continued to move on. Um, the drinking was always still... A problem at that point but i will say my daughter was born in february of 2016 and that was when you know things for him in the drinking aspect got way worse uh, so she was born and he was there and everything was great that was actually going to be one of my questions yeah. did he make it he did he <laughs> okay. did he he was there um i will say my daughter she was born at four pounds she was <gasps> oh. i was full term she was just really tiny she stopped growing inside of me um, so that kind of happened. So it was a really hard time after I had her. And I took her home to the hospital. And <laughs> the day after, I think it was, I had to bring her back to the hospital because her her um, body temperature went too low. So I had to bring her back. And he was nowhere to be found the day after Oof. that Great. we came home. Yes. So he was MIA. I would call him. Oh, I'm at work. And it's snowing. So I had to call my mom Ugh. to bring my daughter back to the hospital because her body temperature was 93. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's really low. I, yes, it's very low. And oh, okay. it's because she 98.6 was, is the normal, Even right? being under like 96 yeah. is, is – or 90, below 97 is pretty It was pretty very low. bad. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's just due to her being small. She was having a hard time regulating her temperature. Um, so I had to bring her back. And he was MIA. <laughs> he was at work, which to me, I think going to work was where he would drink. To be honest, so his the local bar essentially, or friend's house, or something like he, that. Well, he worked for his brother. Okay. And I'll be honest, I think his brother is as much of a drinker as he is, or used to be. So he's an enabler. Correct. In some fashion. Hundred percent. Yeah. And so they ran a business together, and so they would go to the business. I'm not going to say what it is. Um, and he he would drink. I mean, he would come home drunk several times. I mean, Oof. that was normal. Oof. And I honestly think. 
I stopped realizing how often it was happening because it was just normal. Ugh, that's such a shame. So, so did he ever turn up when you were back in the hospital with your daughter? He, you know what he did? That night he came back and we were in the pediatric unit and he came, showed up drunk as could be. Were you mortified? Like, how did you handle that? Did the, Absolutely. Did the nurses and stuff know? I almost called the nurses. Like, it was bad. Like, I literally, did they know? Did, like... They did not know. He didn't really talk to them. Okay. But I remember, here I am, a new mom. Your hormones are all over the place. Trying to figure out breastfeeding, which was a joke at that point, out the window because I was way too stressed. Mm-hmm. And let alone she's four pounds. And <laughs> here he comes. And I actually never forget this moment. He literally walks into the room and i knew i could tell he was drunk mm-hmm. i knew him more than he knew himself i feel like and he came in and he like just was staring at her and staring over her and talking about her and i wanted to barf oh my <laughs> god oh my gosh and then he sure enough he goes sits in the chair and passed out snoring. oh my god this guy i literally wanted so bad to call the nurses and be like you need to have him leave so where did you go from? Was that the moment that you knew it was over? Like no, that was not the moment. So Wait, hold on, there's more. Absolutely, oh, a ton more. Jeez, oh, Brittany. Oh. So anyway, so we go home then. Um, we live our life. You know, the alcohol is still a problem. You know, he would try and be a nice dad, and he'd try and let me sleep in the morning and take the baby downstairs, and which was great. Um, half the time I would go down there, and he would be drunk, watching in the morning. Watching, oh yes. Watching the baby. From the night before? or No, no. In the morning drinking. Oh, man. And did you just overlook this? Did you ever talk to him about this? Like, what was... So, we have talked about it. I will say there was a huge time frame during our marriage and when we had my daughter. Uh, I would actually... I felt like I was living a terrible life and I was living my life around him. And anybody who, you know, is with an addict, they would understand when you're when you're dating or married to an addict, you your life revolves around them, which is extremely difficult. I would literally mark the alcohol bottles. I would try and like hide them. So like it was awful. I wanted nothing more for him to be sober. And did your family know about this? They did. Okay. And friends too, or um, some of my friends did. Yes, I knew my at one point my dad when I had my daughter, my dad tried like telling him like let's go to rehab like, and. He wouldn't. He kept telling me that it was completely unfair of me to ask him to pick alcohol over us. <laughs> so did he think that he had a problem or he He, he did not think it a problem. I he would, would tell me no. Yeah, I would say most addicts are gonna tell you, like, no, nah, I'm good, I'm fine. Correct. You know what I mean? Correct. I can't speak because I'm not an addict, but being friends with people who struggle with one drugs and alcohol, ninety-nine percent of the time they're like I'm fine. I can stop. How many times I could stop drinking whenever I want. You know what yeah. I mean? If I wanted to, you know what I mean? But I don't want to. So, and you're like, all right, dude, you have a, you have a problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh my. And I feel like slowly our life started to revolve around it. So um, you and your daughter and him. Yeah. Basically. I felt like once my daughter was born, he had a tough childhood, I will say. But I felt like once she was born, I don't know if it brought out something from his childhood but he like completely flipped a 180, even worse when she was born. So you were essentially doing it on your own? Absolutely. I felt like I was. He was always at work. AKA okay. drinking. Yeah. yeah. And there'd be times where he would not come home at night by nine, nine o'clock or so. 
and I'd call him and I'd call him and I worry like did he get into an accident like all these things run through your head the anxiety is like through the yeah, roof because you know he's blasted wherever Correct. he's at I, I know that yeah in the back of your mind now let me ask were you working at this time like were you still holding down a job absolutely so you were a basically a single mother holding down a job dealing with an alcoholic mm-hmm. husband Maintaining a home, Maintaining. being a mother. Yeah, being a mom. Absolutely. Okay, hats off to you, first of all. Great. That's very yeah. impressive. It's horrible that you had to do that, yeah. but wow. You did it, though. I you did, I mean. absolutely. I did it for my daughter. Oh, yeah. I'm sure, yeah. So so basically at that point after that, um, the alcohol got really bad, and he started really drinking heavily. And I started to see it differently because now I'm a mom, and I have a daughter. Mm-hmm. So now I'm like, okay, well, my my life choices are pretty much going to affect her. And I'm like, you know, me being with him, I wouldn't want this for her. Mm-hmm. So I tried. We went to counseling. It wasn't like I just gave up and threw in the towel. Absolutely not. We went to counseling together. The counselor even told him, it's the alcohol. Like, that's the problem of your relationship. And you need to, to cut it out. And he's like, can you? And he's like, well, it's not a problem. I mean, he did not see it as a problem whatsoever so let me backtrack just a a bit what was that conversation like approaching your then husband at that time telling him that we need to go to counseling like couples counseling it was rough you know how did did that how did that play out that scenario were you personally in counseling at that point i was not on my own um so that was hard i feel like a lot of men have egos about it and they're like oh no i'm i'm i don't need that what do you someone doesn't need to tell me how to live my life Someone doesn't need to give me their advice. I'm over here like, mm, yeah, she's yeah, right. You know, <laughs> well, I've asked my my last relationship. I asked for counseling and I was shut down. Yeah. Many times. It, it's an ego so, thing. Yeah. Uh, you know. And, and so, there's also a stigma around it being like, quote, that young mm-hmm. in couples counseling. It, you think like, oh, for this young doing it, like people don't do this till their 40s. Like, what are we even doing right now? Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, like we've talked about before, which is actually something you and I need to discuss off the uh, off air is males in counseling too. Men don't like you said. Men don't want to be th- correct looked at as like mm-hmm. oh my gosh I need to talk to somebody because we're supposed to be these macho men who can drink and still take care of the family and all this other stuff. That's this whole social stigma and whatnot. So, but in reality, when I hear that a man's in counseling, I'm like, ooh, that's that's a husband right well, there. That's, well, that's a because, fucking husband. Well, that's because you're like man. You're probably toxic. Let's go. <laughs> no, it's, it's, I think it's someone saying like, I realize that I have issues and I need to work through them and I am comfortable enough with myself to say I can't do it by myself, which yeah. means that your emotional awareness is high and I probably want to marry you. <laughs> there you go. But I'll probably turn you down if you ask me on a date because I'm toxic as fuck. Yeah, anyway, back yeah. to you, Brittany. <laughs> yeah, right. But so how did that conversation play out? Like, how did like, do you remember that? That first conversation, like, hey, I think we need to do this. Um, I I think I brought it up several times and it was pretty much at the point I actually went to spend. I, I left with my daughter. That's what happened. I said, if you're not going to go to counseling with me, then this isn't going to work. And I did leave for a weekend with my daughter, went to my parents' house. And at that point, he knew he, you know, was willing to try. So we went to counseling and... It, it didn't really get anywhere. He, after I think two times, he was like, we're not ever going back again. I don't like that guy. He's, he, he's giving me all this bad advice. You know, I don't understand why I'm the problem. Why aren't you the problem? And it was, he's like, it's very one-sided. And I'm like, okay, well. Well, when you're drunk all the time, you, Correct. common denominator is you. You know what I mean? 
That's fucking wild. Yeah, so we, I mean, I feel like I really did try. And then and I, you're 25 at this point, right? I was at this point 26. Which is so young to yeah. be handling all of this. Like, I'm just mind blown at how young you were handling I, this I, stuff. I, yeah, again, I think about where I was at 25. Where was I at 25? Yeah, no. I would not want to be doing any of this. I mean, I would never want to do this even at 55. But. I mean, I remember I was living with my boyfriend when I was 25, and we were breaking up and moving out of an apartment together. And I remember thinking, I'm so young. I was the first of my friends to live with a guy, and we're moving out. This is so embarrassing. Like, oh, I'm ripping apart my life, and here you are in counseling with a baby married to an mm-hmm. addict. Like, wow, wow. Yeah, that's... Insane. Yeah. Now, did... Again, I, I always keep going back. Like, do your friends know that you're going into counseling? Do your parents know? Did you ever confide in any of them? My parents do a lot. Uh, my sister. I feel like I always really, was always really close with my family. Mm-hmm. I want to say a couple of my girlfriends might have known. I honestly don't remember. Why didn't you tell them? I think it was one of those things where you try and hide it. Because you're young. I mean, yeah. you just had this big wedding. You, you don't want to be like, hey, guys, thanks for coming. Thanks for the presence. Thanks for your time. By the way, my life is in shambles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My marriage is falling apart and I have a baby. Oh, my God. And I'm 26. So it's great. <laughs> is the, when does it finally, like, what is yep. the final downfall of all that? So my final straw was, I, and I remember it till today, was mo- my second Mother's Day, So which was May of 2017. Um. I remember this day like yesterday. Um, he came. He went out in the morning. He got up early with my daughter, trying to be a nice husband. That's what I thought anyway. Let me sleep in. He's like, oh, I'll go pick us up breakfast. I'm like, oh, great. So he goes to get his breakfast. And I heard him pull in the driveway because I heard the dog barking. And so I look out the window and I see him sitting in the car downing a bottle of vodka at, straight this vodka. Is eight o'clock in the morning Whoa. so he stopped at the liquor store and picked Hold up wait. is the liquor store even open so I, I think he must have had it hidden in his car had to have i don't think it's i a, think a, they don't open till i think correct. 11 so i gathered from this he was hiding a lot of it that i didn't know about because i was marking the bottles in the house which is so unhealthy and i look back on this and I mm-hmm. would never live a life like that ever again. But I didn't know how to fix it. And I was trying to fix him. Right. Per se, and you which thought you were doing the right can. thing. Yeah. yeah. And I've learned now you can't fix anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, he's downing a bottle of vodka sitting in the driveway. And is your daughter out. in the car with him? No, she was with me. He okay. just went to get breakfast. Okay. And at that point, I walk out there and dump the rest of the freaking bottle out. And I was livid. I'm like, it is Mother's Day, and this is how we're starting our day. <sighs> so he comes in the house. How did he react to that? Yeah. So he comes in the house. Um, I went to get a shower, and I went to get my daughter ready. And I come back downstairs. And in the midst of all of this, he found wine bottles, which he hasn't drinking wine in years at this point. His, his choice was vodka. So he found wine bottles that we had. And... I come down, and he's belligerently passed out on the couch. Mm. So I call my sister, crying my eyes out. It's Mother's Day, and I can't even get myself together. Your sister, who's also a mother, correct? Correct. So she comes over, does my hair, gets me ready. I'm like, I couldn't do a single thing. And he's passed out on the couch. And then I found out, I went down in the basement. He opened the wine bottles. He was that desperate to get his fix. 
that he opened these wine bottles and he literally somehow he broke them because we didn't even have a wine opener. I don't even remember how he did it. And he was passed out drunk, hidden the bottles in the basement so oh I wouldn't see God. it. And this is all when you were in the shower. Correct. Oh and this God. is all like 10 o'clock in the morning. Oh. And it's Mother's Day. So what were you getting ready for? Did you guys have plans together? Yes. Or? We were going to my um, my aunt's for Mother's Day. We <sighs> always do that. And so he was supposed to come. <sighs> and at that point, I... But did he not plan on driving there? <laughs> like, that's like my thing. Like, I'm like I have getting no really emotional. I'm, I'm think crying like, right now. Like, you would think, like, Mother's Day, like, I'm going to drive my girl out there. Like, right. this and the other right? day. Like, dude, it's, it's her goddamn day. She doesn't do anything besides sit there, be beautiful, and just do whatever she wants to do. And I've never gotten this emotional. We've talked about some heavy shit, and I've never gotten this emotional during. I'm fully crying right now. Okay. Um, I'm so sorry. That's awful. Yeah. So was that it? That was. So what happened after that? That was my last straw this day. Um, so what happened after that was actually I left him. He was passed out. I couldn't even wake him up. And I'll be honest Probably with you. Probably for the best, though. Correct. And I'll be honest with you. I got to my aunt's house, and his brother calls me because he can't get a hold of him. And I answered the phone and I said, you know, what's up? And he's like, well, why can't I get a hold of him? He's not answering his phone. I said, well, you know, honestly, I said, you know what happened this morning? I told him what happened. I said, I could honestly care less if he's dead right now. Like, that's truly Good for you, how girl. I felt. <laughs> like, I was so, I said, you know what? I don't know. He Maybe he's not breathing. I have no idea. I said, he, you know, drank all of his alcohol and is passed out cold on the couch. I and said, I, I have no clothes. He was just like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Like, you know, I'm so sorry you're dealing with this. And meanwhile, he's probably. But meanwhile, correct. And to me, I was always his family knew of his problem. Mm -hmm. No one ever helped. Like it was like. And that's where I like feel like there's a sense of me that feels bad for the guy because it's like. But I also feel bad for you, too. Like no one had your back. No, no, (laughs) you're you're the only one helping him. It's like you can't even get help from people who Correct. are blood related to him it's like god damn and man, they all guy... knew of it absolutely it was awful god so can i ask is he still drinking is he sober now um so kind of the end of the story he oh, is, okay, he, okay. Is, he is sober okay so um, i'm sorry i'm, I'm skipping no, no, ahead yeah, no he is sober okay. but i will say that a lot happened after that so after that day we had a vacation planned in june of so we, in may mother's day i was done and I feel like as a woman, when you check out of a relationship, you check out before you actually end it. Oh, fully. Yes. Um, and I feel like it's it's what helped me get through it. It's checking out slowly, making sure it's the right timing. You know, I had a daughter in the mix of this, so it was making sure everything think, was okay. I think that's for everyone, though. You know what I mean? Because I've been in relationships, too, where I'm like, I'm checked out, but like, I need to position this correctly mm-hmm. because although this dude sucks on practically every level, you still... There's still a piece of you. It's not for him. It's for you. You're a good person. So you're trying to position it so you don't hurt that person even more. Be, not for them, but for you. Because you don't want to just be like, I'm done. See you later. Even though you rightfully deserve to do that. Mm-hmm. But you as a good person don't want to do that. So I I, I definitely understand where, where you're coming from. Where you're like, uh, hold on. I have not only you know have to end this marriage, but I have a kid you have a house together mm-hmm. i'm assuming you there is a lot more life insurance mm-hmm. you know i mean you have to figure all of this stuff out let's get my ducks in a row so then when i do bring this conversation up it's clean clear concise and and we just get it over and done mm-hmm. with so what did that conversation look like or what were those arrangements 
so basically at that point, um, you know, I brought up the D word divorce and a marriage many times, I will say, due to the drinking and it never faced him. I don't think he ever thought I would do it. Um, I don't think he ever thought I was strong enough to do it. Most don't, I would say. Yeah, so so it got to the point where I knew I had to stand on my own two feet for my daughter, and that was my drive. Um, so at that point, I want to say it was June. We had a vacation planned in June. We were going to Mexico. And I will say, I went. And I only went because I paid. we, we paid for this vacation. So you guys went together? We did, which was With weird. Your daughter? We, no, she was at home. We were not together. It was very weird. But you know what? I'm like, at this point, he's like, well, I'll just bring my brother with me. I'm like, you know what? I want to go to this vacation. So I went. We were not like, it was weird. Did you guys but hang I went. out? Kind of, just mutually. But he was always drunk every day. And I just kind of was like, I'm going to go enjoy the sun. I'm doing this for, for myself. Good for you, dude. Good for you. Self-care. <laughs> which, which was really hard to do. And most people were like, why are you still going? And at this point, I did not file for divorce yet. But I like, you know what? This is my last. I'm going on vacation. Were you like, guys living together still at this point? We were. So okay. that gets a little messy. So in July is when I filed for divorce. Did he know that you were going to? He did know. I told him numerous times. He didn't believe me. Like I said, he didn't think I was strong enough to do it. I did have my family backing me, which is kind of what pushed me, um, which was very helpful. They were always in my corner. Um, so at that point, I filed for divorce. I went to the lawyer. I sold my ring. That's how I paid for the retainer. Good for you, girl. <laughs> I was going to say, boom, Did good not for you. give that back to him. Normally, um, normally I'm like, you got to give that shit back. But nope. this guy sucks, so yeah, boom, no. fuck that guy. Yep. <laughs> so that was how I paid for the retainer for the, for the lawyer. Um, and at that point, things, got, things did get really messy. Um, I will say we were divorced within four months of me filing. Oh, wow. Which is quick. Yeah. Um, so very it was, fast. It was messy, but I've seen way worse divorces. But that was because we didn't have a lot of assets. We had the house. And that was it. And then we had to deal with custody of, the, of my daughter. Mm-hmm. So that was the extent of it. And we had a dog. Um, oh. So that was. <laughs> it's funny. I'm like, daughter, I, I get it. House. I'm like, the dog. Yeah. And then it's, we had a dog. Actually, Did you get the dog? No. So oh, that's a funny story. God. It's actually so, funny you say that because I have a friend who's like, I was like, we, he has a wife and they have a dog. They mm-hmm. have one, a dog and a couple other animals together. And he's like, I don't care. He goes like, listen, if she leaves me, like it, it would suck. It'd be heartbreaking. But. I'm more pissed. He goes, I don't care if somebody else bangs my wife. He goes, but you don't pet my fucking dog. <laughs> like, it says that I have friends the- who literally are staying together right now because they have a dog. Yeah. I'm oh not gosh. kidding. Like, they hate, they haven't slept together in months. Know? Do you think dogs know that they, like, are so loved more than human beings? They don't, don't know. know. They have to, right? I don't know. I anyway, digress. How did we get here? <laughs> <laughs> I digress. I mean, I can say this dog hated him. This, this, is, this was totally my dog. Um, looking back on it, it was totally my dog. And the dog literally hated him. The dog would always try and bite him. Good. Um, and I think he, I think he like, knew. I swear animals know. They have, like, an instinct. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. And so my, by us getting me filing for divorce, I will say my ex was very hurt. Very. Uh, he had a really hard time with it. Um, I want to be like, oh, bummer. I do Not. truly believe that he did, like, truly love me. But I think it was... He just too many demons. Yeah, too many demons. I agree, and I of course felt bad because I'm not one to give up on somebody, mm-hmm. and that's just not my personality. And I, I wanted to fix him, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've learned through therapy you can't fix people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. As much as you try to, right, or as much as in your head you want to fix somebody. Yeah, it's like addicting to yeah. try and fix, it especially is. when you feel like you have that much invested and and you're married and project boyfriend. That's what it's and called. then you kind of mm-hmm. go back to the whole point of. You know, I heard you guys, one of your last podcasts I was listening to was talking about like your, 
your time frame of life mm-hmm. uh, and the and the you know and I was feeling that like okay this wasn't my plan like wait a minute no I'm supposed to have another baby and they're supposed to be two years apart and this is how it's supposed to be so you were 26 when you officially got divorced I was 27 when I got divorced oh gosh wow okay so talk us through that what was that like so that was rough um so I will say the divorce process like I said it was four months we fought over the house a bit. Uh, he finally caved. I was able to buy him out. Um, my family, Boom. my, good, fam- my good family supported you. me in that decision. Um, you know, my dad was there for me. So, yes, I was able to stay in the house. However, he did not physically leave until like three more months after the divorce. After finalized. after I filed, okay, he wanted to be a pain in my ass. That's what he wanted. That was his drive. Yeah, um, to just keep getting in the way. He wanted to keep getting in my way he wanted to keep pushing me and aggravating me because he was hurt so that's a great guy yeah right (laughs) great guy huge bush (laughs) yeah that will never get old by the way no (laughs) um okay so so he took the dog too by the way that was the other thing i didn't want to fight over the dog so we were fighting over so much and when you fight in you know the court system it's very expensive yeah, because it just delays it and delays it, and the more you delay and it, the more you're paying the, your lawyer for little, every email. For oh my yeah, god, that little ticker in the corner that's racking up your change like in a half baked. God damn it! So I was picking my battles, and I was picking the fight for my daughter over the dog. To be honest, oh, I get that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I let him take the dog, which was unfortunate. Um. And just the quick cap of what happened with the dog, real quick, to share with you guys. So just recently, probably about a year ago, um, I went to his house and to pick up my daughter and I noticed the dog wasn't there. And I asked my daughter, I'm like, oh, what happened to the dog? And she's like, oh, he went away. He was sick. And I was like, hmm. So when I was picking her up, I, I asked him, I flat out asked him in his house. I'm like, so what happened to the dog? Where is he? And he, that fucker did literally took the dog to the SPCA. <gasps> And never told me. Oh, my God. And I also I, do want to just point I out. I would have totally taken this dog back. We have created such a villain of this man so far. But that, I think our uh, listeners are going to hate this guy. This is the worst I also thing do awful. Want, I also do want to point out that that was the first time that she said fuck. Boom. <laughs> Boom. So that goes to show you. <laughs> that goes to show you how pissed she was yeah. that this dude gave up that fucking dog. <laughs> oh, damn it. I cried. For, I, I literally cried for days because that was my dog. And you have the nerve to go bring the dog to well, the that's SBCA. just like the final twist of the knife, yeah. I feel like. <sighs> that like totally rubbed me the wrong way when, when I found that out. What a he fought so hard for that dog, but it's all about pride, right? Mm-hmm. It's all about their ego. Mm-hmm. He, he, him giving me the dog back is not something he could do. <sighs> and I, and again, and I, I don't even think that even has to do with like a gender thing either. And not that you said that, but like, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to think about this because once again, I'm the only guy in the room. So I got to <laughs> defend our boys here. You know what I mean? But I don't even think that's a gender thing because I know 100%, you know, my friends who have gone through divorce and stuff like that, women doing the same thing, just a different scenario. Just like you said, Caitlin, twisting the knife. Yeah. Like, this is it. I'm just going to twist this last mm-hmm. knife just to get under his skin one last time because he was the one who filed for divorce and she, she was the one who mm-hmm. was, you know, either cheating or whatever it is. So, God, the fucking dog. Can't- yeah. So then I ended up staying in the house, which was awesome. He ended up moving out. Um, you know, there was a little rough. You know, at one point he ended up breaking into my house. And, you know, it, it was it was rough for a while. But I've seen way messier divorces, I will say. The hardest part of the divorce was the custody part. 
Um, so unfortunately, when you deal with alcohol in the court system, our court, our court system sucks, by the way. I'll be honest with you. When you deal with alcohol, there's no proof, unfortunately. When you're a functioning alcoholic and you're good at it, well, he's never had a DUI. He's never been arrested. Ugh. He's never been in trouble. Mm. What do you mean he's an alcoholic? I don't see that. Where, where's your proof? It's my word against his word. You're like, all right, you want to hang out on Mother's Day? You know what I mean? That's <laughs> so all. Here I am now. We're in the court system trying to figure out custody of my, at the time, my daughter was one and a half. Did you try, Did what was your first approach? Did you try to get full custody? Um, my goal was, my lawyer flat out told me, you know, you're not going to be given full custody because you have no proof. And that was the, that was one reason where I felt like, I struggled with even going through with it because I was scared for her. Mm. Like she's one and a half years old and I have to give her to him by himself. Yeah. Like I knew what he did by himself, let alone put my one and a half year old in the scenario. Yeah. So you're like, do I just stay because Correct. He, he what, be what do I do? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. You're, you're kind of pushed into a corner at that point yeah. where you're like, damn, do I even want to divorce this? this and I guy, think a lot you know? of people that happens to through divorce where they're not happy or there's something going on, whether it's substance abuse or, or a mental or emotional abuse or physical abuse. Mm -hmm. And they get, because they have children, they're scared to actually divorce them because of the children. Like what is going to happen on their time? Like if there's no proof of it, I've never you have to hand them before. over. That's crazy. And too, like the, a whole other piece of this that I'm thinking about, because obviously I don't have children, right? Like I think admitting when you're the victim of someone else, I think is a process because when someone's doing something to you, whether it's physically, emotionally, whatever that looks like, it's kind of hard to be like, okay, you know what? This happened to me. I didn't ask for it. It's not what I wanted from this person, but it did happen to me. And then you have a lawyer in your face telling you that you're making it up. You're like, well, okay, well, am I making – like your sense of reality, I'm sure. Like, yeah. Aside from all that, your men oh, I can't even imagine the havoc that that must have wreaked on your – It was your awful. Mental health. And I, I kept, you know, trying. I took pictures of things. Like, I had no idea how to provide proof of this man's addiction. Right. And why he's not a reliable person to take care of a one-and-a-half-year-old. Um, so at that point, you know, I could only do what I could do. I followed my lawyer's advice. And I will say I literally hated her at times because I hated what she had to tell me. But she told you the truth, though. She did. And I have learned the court system is a oh, terrible, terrible thing. Um, anybody going through it, like I literally feel for them. It's, it's not an easy process. Um, and with that, so I, he was given 40% custody. Oh, wow. Um, through the courts and I was given the 50, I was given primary. Um, and with that, I, you know, my dad always kept telling me like every dog will have a stay. Something will come of it. Like you just have to, to give it time. And so that was pretty much what I did at that point. I tried my hardest and it was really hard. There was a couple occasions where I went to hand her over to him. And I, I didn't because he smelled like alcohol. Mm. So, and that's hard because if he actually, I could have gotten a lot of trouble for it. Right. Um, but what I, if I, you give the, if, if I, if he goes to court and says that I didn't hand her over on one of his custodial days, I could trouble. get in trouble because, and you know, what would happen? It happened twice. I called the cops um, and said, you know, I, I'm at an exchange with my daughter. I'm supposed to hand her over to her dad. And I, I'm not handing her over. He smells of alcohol. Mm -hmm. So you did the right thing. At least. Yeah. And sure enough, the t two times that I did that, he ran off driving home Ugh. and called me saying, bring her to me. Where is she? Like, it was awful. So you and covered your ass on that. I did. I called trip. the cops too. I had to. I had to. I would have been in trouble in court. Right. Yeah. 
And yeah, that's called CYA paperwork. Like you said, cover your ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean? you know, I had to call the cops to report it. Um, he was such a pain in my ass. I will say through the whole thing. Thank God my daughter was so young that she doesn't remember any of it yeah, because it was amen. awful. And then I will say then what happened then as every dog will have their day. My dad, my dad always said, um, I, what was it? Uh, a couple years ago, I want to say my daughter was now two and a half. So he had about almost a year of, of the 40% custody before something happened. Um, he, so I gave her to him in the morning. It was an eight o'clock exchange. I was going to work. We met at a Wawa and sure enough, I get to work and I get a phone call from the, somebody from his phone. So this, and this morning he called me many, many times and I just ignored him. He was literally like, I don't want to say stalking me, but harassing me, kind of harassing me. Yes. Um, and that was normal. He was just, that's who he was. And so, so I get a phone call from his phone and I don't answer it. I let it go to voicemail because I'm like, I'm ignoring him at this point. And it's the police. (laughs) And he, yep. I gotta take a deep breath. (laughs) So it was the police. They left me a voicemail. I actually still have his voicemail on my phone. (laughs) And literally my daughter, um, he got into a car accident. He ran into the side of a building with my two and a half year old daughter in the car. Oh, I'm crying again. Oh my god. <laughs> and the dog was and the dog was in the car. And the dog <laughs> the, the damn dog. So Was everyone was he okay? Drunk? Was your daughter yeah. okay? Yes. Was the dog okay? Yes. So oh, everybody was okay. I'm just yeah. worried about them at this Every, point. Yes. I was literally sat down in my office. It was like literally eight I must say it was like around eight twenty in the morning AM. And I got the phone call and like literally did not know how to react. Um, I spoke to the police and at the time they didn't tell me it was a car accident. They just said that um, he was pulled over. I don't think, I don't think they wanted to make me, make me panic. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Oh, he was just pulled over. Especially um, if everybody was fine. You correct. know what I mean? If they pulled he's everyone like, out, everyone looks good. Yeah. And you know, he's like, I want you to know your daughter is perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Thank God. I'm like, okay. That was the first thing he said to me. Um, and at that moment, he's like, you know, your ex-husband, he was pulled over. This is what he said. He was pulled over um, for a DUI. And you're like, finally, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so he was pulled over for a DUI, and he was a point three oh eight <gasps> at 8.30 in the morning. Point, point, point 0.308. Don't you, like, die at point three five? No. no. Can, oh, no, no. He's been... Oh, this gets worse. You can die at, like, point... You have to you, think. You point can die. two is 20% of your blood Correct. is alcohol. Point three oh eight means almost 31% of your blood is booze. And so you didn't... But when you had the exchange, you, you didn't know. Yeah. So our exchanges <sighs> turned into me putting her in the car and us not speaking. That's right. Because he was getting aggravated with me and why are you questioning me and Mm -hmm. he doesn't want me to smell the alcohol so he wouldn't come anywhere near me and so of course i then felt guilty i handed my daughter to him Mm -hmm. but i didn't have conversation with him i literally just put her in the car seat and i always put her in to make sure she was in properly because i was literally always afraid it was always on my mind and this would happen so he drove all the way down 309 at a point 308 with my daughter in the car and (laughs) So I panic, of course. I have a coworker at work. He sees me. He's like, I'm like, at this point, my brain was not even processing and I'm panicking. And he's like, whoa, what's going on? And I couldn't even talk. So he took me. He's like, I'll drive you. You're not driving anywhere. Mm-hmm. So he, and I said, well, you have to drive my car. I have the car seat. Like, I have to pick up my daughter. And 
so he he drove my car um and we went to get her and it was i'm not going to say where it was but we were it was at a location and when i got there it's when i saw that his car was he hit the side of the building of a car of a building. Oh, and you didn't even know it. I didn't point. know that. The police didn't tell me that. The oh. police told me he was, he was pulled over. And I think it was because they didn't want me to panic. Right. Mm-hmm. So I get there. Um, and then, of course, my the owner of the building is holding my daughter. And she's fine. Thank God. She took the dog. It, it was a weird scenario. Um, but my daughter was fine. That's all I cared about. Um, and he was arrested. As he should be. Yeah. So at that point, I had to call my lawyer and go through the whole thing. And I was given full custody of my daughter. Um, he of course bailed himself out of jail and, uh, it was up, it was a battle from there. Um, it was, he was in and out of court several times. Um, the whole story of it is, so I had full custody of my daughter for, I want to say almost two years. Um, he just, I mean, it was a step up program. He just got his custody back most recently in January. Oh, wow. Oh, uh, yeah, it was. I'm surprised they still even. Uh, it mean, was a I struggle. Guess. I mean, but I will say the courts are very much so in favor of both parents. Um, Which is odd because you hear that it's more for the mom. They're not. Yeah. It's uh, not in Montgomery County. Like, it depends where you live. Okay. And I will say I have, you know, from sharing my story and, you know, writing things on Facebook, I've had so many women reach out to me who are in, you know, struggling and in situations like mine. So many, probably like five or six women. Oh wow! Um, who I've connected with and shared my story and helped them and supported them. So it, it's you know, that's where I like to share my story. I like to be a support to somebody because, like I said, it's something you hide. Yeah. It's, you know, you don't talk about it. Um, so anyway, so he <laughs> he was then basically just a drunk, and it became having to do supervised visits with my daughter. I would have to bring her to him for two hour increments on the weekend. Like, he was still fighting, 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 mm-hmm. fighting to see her. He was, oh, he was brutal. He's such a manipulator. He's, he's such a control freak as well. I always, and still to today, I feel like he tries to control my daughter's life. He's, that's just his personality. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, he can't fix that, unfortunately. And, you know, one day my daughter will figure it out for herself, um, you know. Right now, she Well, she's got you raising her, so, so she's going to grow up to be <laughs> a strong, independent woman, so... Mm-hmm. So basically that happened. And then, you know, I, of course, went to all of his court hearings. I will be honest. You know, he was going to court for child endangerment and the DUI. Um, And I will say the first time we went to court, I showed up with my aunt. She was there to support me. Um, He was the last person to talk to the judge. And this is regarding the DUI. And he got up there. And within two minutes, he had a seizure. Yeah. What? Yep. I literally, I've never watched somebody have a seizure. Um. So to me, I was like, it, "What's happening?" <laughs> yeah. It was awful. Was it alcohol induced? Yeah. He oh. he had a seizure through withdrawal. Oh my god. Um. Oh my. And he literally during during the thing he when he went to a seizure he literally like whacked his head on the table behind him. Oh my gosh. Um. My yeah, sister's his, epileptic, so I'm yeah. familiar with seizures, and they're awful yeah I it can't was imagine. awful wow so i did not expect that yeah okay so i thought i'm gonna like, go oh, here we are we're gonna hear what what's happening and sure enough he went into a seizure um later to find out it was alcohol withdrawal but of mm. course initially he told me that oh it was it was just a freak thing this freak <laughs> told me and i knew i'm not stupid mm. i'm like okay say what you want to say right. okay mm-hmm. um so after that he had another court date which we went to as well and he this time <laughs> He showed up drunker than drunk. 
So the second time he goes in front of the judge, same judge, and this judge let me talk. Um, this judge was awesome, I will say. And he, they found out, you know, they, they were making him do time in jail due to his child endangerment charge. Um, and with that, well, they arrested him on the spot. And the, the arresting officer smelled alcohol on him. And so he was given a, a test. And at this time, I had already left the courtroom. And they called me. And they're like, you're not going to believe it. They're like, we just, you know, we were arresting him, but we found out that he's he's drunk. And I'm like, oh, that's not surprising. Not shocking to me at all, because the last time he was in the courtroom, he had a seizure. So yeah. now he knows, well, if I'm going to get through this, I have to be drunk, because that's how he functioned. Oh, he functioned on alcohol. And he was a 0.5. What? I'm not kidding. How is that even possible? They, correct, that's like 50% of your body being alcohol. They could not believe it. Yeah, how they said we don't even he know should how, be dead. We, we don't even know how he's standing here right now. That's how much his tolerance was built up from drinking for years. Oh and I and I don't know how much drinking he was doing when I was not with him. God, for all I know, he woke up and all he did was drink alcohol. I have no idea. And he was with my daughter. <laughs> oh my Every time that I think that we have an episode where Bobby and I are both equally shocked, like the shock value will never, the limit does not exist, but this is it so far. Like, yeah. wow. 50%. Oh, yeah. 0.5. And I, I'm like, wait, you mean, do you mean like 0.05? They're like, no, 0.5. I'm like, are, are you sure? Like, that doesn't sound right to me. He should be dead. Yeah. And, like, and that's yeah. what I said. I'm like, he shouldn't he be dead? And the, the lady's like, yeah, you would think, right? Holy shit. So wow. he had to go. He was arrested and he was put in jail um, with no bail. The judge said, you're not, he was, the judge was pissed at him at this point, mm-hmm. pissed and said, you're not getting bail. You're throwing in jail 60 days. So sure enough, at this point it was, I want to say it was like June, July. It was the summertime. Um, so he was thrown into jail. I had full custody of my daughter, no child support. I had to do it by myself oh my for, for a long time. Um, so he was in jail for 60 days, two months. Um, to me, I kept thinking about, and I asked because I still cared. When they arrested him, I'm like, okay, so what's going to happen? How does somebody go from a 0. 0.5 to, to, sober. to sober? Like, he's going to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, he's, and, the, you know, they. I said, of course, I'm still worrying. That's just my, my nature. Well, and it's, it's your daughter's father. Yeah, correct. So. so, you know, of course, I'm still worrying about him. And, you know, they said to me that they watch them. They put them into, like, a... Uh, I don't know what it's called, a detox. Yeah, they'll okay. they'll have a they'll have like a nurse or something. Because they could get in trouble if he died on mm-hmm. their watch. Absolutely. So at that point, you know, that was fine. I, I cannot imagine what he went through going from a point five to a zero. I, I couldn't that even imagine. That had to hurt. That's all really I gotta bad. say. That well, had to hurt. They say alcohol withdrawal is the worst withdrawal. Absolutely. Any, That's what I heard. Any drug. Yep. Even worse than heroin, they say alcohol withdrawals. Yeah. I actually have a good friend who Went through detox. He was in ICU for eleven days, unconscious. After he decided to kick it, because he was, he saw an alligator in his front yard. He's like, "Feel like something's wrong," oh, and, and then he slipped into a coma for eleven days. Wow! So it can be rough. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to preface, there's there's no alligators in Pennsylvania. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Because no. <laughs> no. if you said that and you're like, we were in Florida, you're like, okay, makes yeah. sense. No, and it was December. Also, yeah. so. <laughs> so like the alligator would be dead. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So now you're here, you're divorced. What's it like now? Like what, how do you feel about your, your life at this moment after you've gone through this whirlwind? So basically at this point, I'm, I'm personally, am in a much better place. 
Um, I've been divorced say for how long now? It's almost four years. Okay. Um, that is a life I would never want to relive. I don't wish that upon anybody, like literally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so after he was, you know, everything was done, you know, he, I will say now today, he, he's gone to rehab a few times. Uh, I think three times total he's been to rehab and he is finally sober. Um, he's been sober. It'll be two years in July. From okay. what I know, he's sober. Great. Anyway, Good. Um, you know, right now he does do hair testing every three three months. He does it right now. Just I thought you were going to say heroin. I'm like, what? No, no. Like, <laughs> you know, like the hair test where they test you for alcohol. Yeah. Um, he does that right now every three months just to assure me that he's sober while he's with my daughter. That's good. Because um, as of January, he does have his full 40% custody back. Um, you know, he, he's in a much better place now. Good. And truthfully, some people will be like, oh, or don't you wish you, you know, you would have, you're with him? No, I don't. <laughs> you know, I'm glad he's sober for my daughter, but that's mm-hmm. the extent of it. Yeah. Um, I, oh. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean. I, I'm one, I, I need to commend you. I mean, you're sitting here, one, telling your whole story, but two, I mean, geez, you're freaking confident. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you are, you own it, girl. Like good for you. Like Yeah. So I that's try. a piece that I kind of want to get into mm-hmm. also is like, I actually going into this had no idea the extent of the addiction and how, how big of a role that played in mm-hmm. your divorce. Um, So when you're going through this, you're 27, getting a divorce. And like I said, like I noticed it on Facebook. So I remembered seeing pictures. I think it was of your bachelorette party and when you were younger. Mm -hmm. And and then I I suddenly just don't see the photos anymore. No more husband, no more. I'm searching for wedding pictures. They're not there. I'm like, and I'm not really a big Facebook stalker. But for some reason, I was just like, I swore she was married. Maybe not. And then I'm seeing this. So like, what was that like for you? Did you, were you public about it? Were you private about it? Like, how did that go? I think initially I was private about it, but then I slowly became more not private about it. Um, I think that just, I think I posted a couple of things. I couldn't even remember what I posted. Um, I got into a much better place and I was proud of where I was. Um, you know, I had a home. I I was a single mom. I was doing it by myself. I was getting confidence in myself. Um, I left an extremely toxic relationship you know, it was, I felt like you get to a better place. And, and you know, and I went to therapy as well. Um, that helped me. I will say initially I was seeing a therapist once every couple of weeks or so. She helped me through a lot of things. Um, and then also initially when I was separated from my, when I was divorced, I should say, um, I had another man in my life who really was supportive of me. Um, I won't go into too much detail about him, but uh, he was kind of always there for me for certain things. Um, he was very Christian and I will say he kind of, I'm not a, I, I'm a Catholic. I was raised a Catholic. I'm not very religious, um, but he was very Christian and he kind of got me a little bit closer to God in certain ways. And that kind of helped. Mm-hmm. Found, you found some, uh, what do you mean? I don't want to say peace, but like, it helps, it helps you yeah. heal. Like foundation, yeah. some foundation. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm not, I'm not a big religious person either. Yeah. Episode six, I believe. Um, <laughs> but, always plug. Yeah, always plug. But uh, I'm not either. But if you needed to find, like I said, a foundation or a good set of morals, then, you know, whatever, high tides raise all right. ships. Good good for you. So how did you get past, I guess that that was the answer, um, the shame that kind of, because I can say like from my own experience, when I got out of my relationships uh, last year, I was so embarrassed because it was mm-hmm. not, not an off relationship. And I was getting out of just just a boyfriend and I was humiliated by saying okay guys six years later four tries I'm really done this time like and I was humiliated like what was that part of it like for you 
that was hard. Um, and I'm definitely a people pleaser. So that's just my personality also. That was really hard for me. I think the shame with my family, the shame with, you know, my parents are still married. So it's also thinking, oh my God, like you had these, this example in front of you and you're failing. Mm. So of course you feel like a failure, of course. Um, but you know, I worked through it and I will say now I am, it's just so funny how the tables turn. I felt like his life went crashing down and my life completely like went up. Went up. Um, Do you feel like a failure? Not anymore. Okay. At the time I did, not anymore. Because you're not. Yeah. No, no, not anymore. You're not at all. You're probably the polar opposite of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's. Yeah. No. So what was that like after you guys divorced and you started dating again? Like, how did you express that to people on dates? Like, hi, I'm 27 and I'm divorced. <laughs> Initially, it was very hard. Um, I hated it. It was embarrassing. It was something I didn't really talk about. And I think what's even more embarrassing and hard is being a single parent, too, and trying to date. That sucks. I was going to say, most girls right now who are like, you know, single moms or whatever, it's embarrassing. They, they might find it embarrassing just being a single mom, Correct. let alone single mom. And I just went through this fucking shit show. You know what I mean? As well. That's yeah. adding another piece to the puzzle of what's already a complicated puzzle of which is called dating in your 30s. Yeah. Just <laughs> dating in general sucks. Like yeah. dating, dating yeah. with all that to unpack also. Wow. God bless. And I feel like you get to a point like, I feel like now in my life, I'm so aware of what I want. And I think you that's just growing up and figuring out and going through your life experiences. And I can truly say, I don't know about you guys. I truly believe everybody who comes into your life is there for a reason. Um, whether they're helping you grow or they're teaching you a lesson. There's always some kind of aspect to it. That's how I feel. Yeah, like anyway. how much of a better person are you? Now, you know, uh, it's actually funny because speaking to, you know, my buddy Scott from earlier, I sent him a text message. He didn't get it, obviously, because he's hurt. But I said something I'm like, yeah, although these like unfortunate circumstances happen, but like, isn't this what life's about? Like how much better of a person you are, how much stronger you are, how much more willpower you have? Like, like you're coming out of this on the other side. It's 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 going to be tough, but you're coming out of this like 10 times the person that you could have ever imagined to be. If Imagine if you just stayed into this. This was your lily white, you know, white picket fence relationship. Do you ever think that you would have became as strong of a of a woman as you are now? I'm gonna say probably not, because you're not gonna. You never face that adversity. You never face those challenges. Now you're like, come on, world, bring it. I've mm-hmm. done it. You know what I mean? Like this is nothing. The things that you were so you struggled with so much before, you know, are now minuscule. You know what I mean? And you're like, this is this is easy. You know what I mean? This this game called life. I'm going to crush it because of everything that I've done. Now I'm here. Yes, I totally agree with you. And I also feel like, you know, you know, I could be so wrong. Um, I feel like if I never left him, I don't know if he'd be sober. I don't think he would. Like I truly no. feel Just like hearing this, I was such so. an enabler and didn't realize it. When you have somebody in your corner, I, I don't think I was intentionally an enabler, but I feel like. He, you were you were indirectly an enabler because he knew he he knew how to manipulate correct. you. Yes, and you since you just didn't know you were you were enabling. You had no clue because he knew he knew your your pressure points. He yep. knew I could tell her this, but do this, or I could do this and do that instead. So I don't. I hope you don't hold that over your head. No, I don't. I one hundred percent agree with what you said. Yeah, he he's just very good at it. He's such they always a are. They really are. So I have a question. Um, if there's one thing you could tell yourself 
while you were in the thick of it, like trying to decide, do I stay? Do I go? Two parts of this, like being young and being like, I just got married. I just had a kid. Should I stick it out? And then also being with an addict. Like if you had one thing now you could tell yourself back then, what would it be? Um, So I would definitely tell myself, got to choose yourself. Um, Going back on it, I would still have chosen the same route that I did, which is hard because I felt like I always look at life as you're standing on a crossroad and which way you're going to go. That's Mm -hmm. always how I view it. Um, And taking a different road from where I was at was so hard for me. That's not what I wanted. That's not what you envision for your life. So with that, that was hard, but I would never choose differently. And I would never tell somebody else to choose differently. Go with your gut. Um, It truly does make you a better person. And I've always said to myself, I always chose him. He never chose me. Oh, Oh, I feel that (laughs) so deeply. Oh, Oh. and you got you got to choose yourself Mm -hmm. because the end of the day, he was not in my corner. Right. If if, if they're not choosing you and you're not choosing you, no one's choosing you. Right. And, and to me, love is 100% a choice. Yeah. And anybody who looks at it, you can be married for 50 years. You're choosing that person every day. And I felt like he never chose me. Mm, that hit hard. Whew. <laughs> oh. All right. So one more piece of it, too, is looking back, having gotten married at 23, do you have any advice for people who are considering it at that age? My advice, I truly believe you should not get married before the age of 25. I mean, granted, everybody has their own story. Um, I just feel like when I hit 25, 26, after I had my daughter, I grew up. Man, life changes. You see things differently. And now even at 30, I feel like I'm like way like. More woke. Oh, my I God. I hate to say that, but it's true. You know <laughs> it's what I mean? so true. I feel like I hit 30 and I'm like, I'm okay with I'm an, I'm independent. I'm okay with it. Like, I'm good where I'm at. I'm so ready to move on with the next chapter of my life. Like, literally. And you know know yourself a lot more. You know the world a little bit better. We definitely don't claim to have it all figured out by any means. But I think just like we said, like 23 versus now. Yeah. It's it's crazy. And I feel like looking back, man, I was 23. I should have been partying. What was I thinking? (laughs) What was I thinking? I just was never that person. But I'm like, oh, my God. You know? That's awesome. I think... I, I can't say anything. I, I'm like in shock right now because like, like I said, I haven't seen you in shit. It's probably been a long time. At prob- least a decade for I me. I would say, yeah, probably almost 12 years or something like that. And I'm enamored at how powerful you are. That's awesome. Like the, the fact that you had to go through this, it's horrific. I don't wish it upon anybody, but wow. Holy, <laughs> would you have, t- if you said, Brittany is going to be this person at 30. I'd be like, no way she's going to go through that shit. No way that's going to happen to her. Freaking Brit. Are you kidding when me? When you got married, I was like, oh, I, I see that for her. Like, she's she's a good girl. She's family oriented. Like, I see her being married. Makes sense. Little do we know the demons that you've had to battle. I, I mean, so, you know, on this note, one, thank you. One, yeah, for coming on, you. sharing this um, and not only sharing it, but sharing it with so much confidence. I mean, that is like. words can't describe it I think that is awesome and thank you thank you again you're welcome and I think you know to end this off also um something I've always told myself every day you know people who are struggling like you are so worth it like you 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 know you know you're a woman like you you have to remind yourself I literally feel like if I could write it on my mirror every day I would right (laughs) like Like, you're so worthy of being loved and again with the chills it's so true and looking back I'm like you know, I've come so far and I'm just so 
ready for the next chapter of my life. That's awesome. And I, I always say, and I think it's people get taken back by this all the time when I say, but when someone ends an engagement or gets divorced before the age of 30, most people are like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. But I'm like, wow, good for you. Because I feel like that's, it does carry a lot of shame. Mm-hmm. People are like, okay, well, are you making the right decision? Like what, it, but I'm like, if you have the the mental stability to say this is not working. And even though I just put, you know, I spent all this money in a wedding and I, mm-hmm. I had bridesmaids, I had a bachelorette party, I had this like, and, and you're able to say, however, this is not for me. Like, I think that deserves so much celebration and praise like although it's not a great situation the fact that you're able to see this early on like this is not for me and and then you're able to do something about it I think is huge so Mm -hmm. good for you so on that note um Brittany are you okay with people who are struggling with their relationship or struggling through a divorce or anything like that reaching out to you if that is the case if you're cool with feel free to plug any social media that you would uh want people to reach out to you on yeah sure so you can reach out to me on my Instagram um it's at b-r-i-t-t-a- and N Y Y Y S. And we'll we'll tag her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Please do. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll tag her. Complicated. It's like all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, we'll uh yeah, we'll tag her. So it's a lot easier. It's a lot of letters and stuff. Yes. You know, multiple letters. You'd be surprised how many people come on and we ask them to plug their social and they're like, wait, I don't I don't know what it is. <laughs> God so. damn it. God damn it, I forgot about that. <laughs> um on that note, um, everyone, you already know what to do. Feel free to follow the irregular podcast page at irregular podcast. Feel free to follow my Instagram as well at yo bob e y o o o underscore b o b. And follow me on Instagram as well at Katie underscore A N I. It's K A I T Y underscore A N I. Britt, thank you again for joining us. Uh, we really appreciate you. Thank you for having me. No, it was killer, killer. On that note, we will talk to you next Thursday. Love you. Love you guys. <laughs>